Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 878 of the Juicebox podcast. Today, Brittany is on the show. She is an adult living with type 1 diabetes, has a really cool story, and she enjoys the Mary Jane, the dope, the grass, the reefer, the pot, the weed, the bammy, the blanket. You know what I'm talking about. Brittany's going to talk about smoking weed. She's going to tell us where the term dab came from, and I'm going to tell you something. I was surprised. To be serious, Brittany is here to tell us about all of her autoimmune issues and how marijuana helps her. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan, becoming bold with insulin, or smoking until your face melts off. Very quickly, t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Go if you're a U.S. resident who has type 1. Go if you're a U.S. resident who is the caregiver of someone with type 1. When you get there, fill out the survey completely. And once you're done, you've helped. That's it. See how easy it was to help T1D research? All you had to do was go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox and complete the survey. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. There are so many more After Dark episodes and you can check them out at juiceboxpodcast.com or by going into your audio app and searching Juicebox Podcast or just Juicebox, one word. Do it like this, Juicebox After Dark. Three words, Juicebox After Dark. They should all just pop up in front of you. If you're not listening to the podcast in a podcast app or an audio app like Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you probably should. It's a simple and free way to listen to this podcast and any other podcast that you enjoy. Last thing, if you're looking for community around diabetes, please check out the Facebook page for the group. 35,000 members and growing every day. Juice Box Podcast Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. Hey, real quick before we start, I just pulled out my Spotify app and I, I searched Juice Box After Dark because, you know, I wasn't 100% sure what I told you was actually right. But, I mean, it felt right. And it really is. It popped up right in front of me. Uh, episode 274, Drinking Edition. 283 was about weed. This is, God, three years ago. Uh, Kate, bipolar, psychedelics, eating disorder, depression and self-harm. Emily, mama wants her happy. I wonder what that's about. Sex worker, John. Diabetes, heroin, sex with type 1 diabetes from a male's perspective. That was heroin addiction, I'm sorry. Uh, After Dark, when in Rome. After Dark, male disordered eating. After Dark, Amy. After Dark, life struggles. After Dark, Nolan's story. Trauma and addiction. Bulimia and depression. Sexual assault and PTSD. Divorce and co-parenting. Childhood trauma. California sober. That was a good one. Uh, actually, these were all great. ADHD, cocaine and abandonment. Striving and grateful. On and on. One thing after, there's so many here. Like you could do this with anything. You could type in juice box and then pro tip if you wanted to see the pro tip series, for example. Boom, they're all right in front of me. Why do so many people come to me online? They're like, I don't know how to find an episode. It's just it's that, I mean, that works in Spotify. I mean, half of you use Spotify and half of you use Apple 
Podcast. Hold on a second. Apple Podcast. Search. Juice Box. After Dark. Uh, I didn't spell it right. Now I did. Search. Scroll. Yeah, they're all right here. I never want to hear from one of you guys again. You can't find something. Just search in your app. All right. Sorry. That got off the rails. Here's Brittany. My name is Brittany, and I have been a type 1 diabetic for 24 and a half years, and I am 32 now. 24 and a half years. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. That seems like a long time to me. Um, what were yeah. you, eight when you were diagnosed? Uh, it was two months before I turned eight. Right before you were. So I was diagnosed in June of 98. Um, and I turn my birthday's in August. So, mm. uh, I know you have a sister, but do you have any other siblings? Yes. So, um, my parents were teen parents and they didn't have any other children together. So I have, um, well from, from both of my parents, they both had a child at the same time. So my sister, the one that I'm living with now and my other, uh, my brother that came from my mom. They are three months apart. Um, And then my mom, much later, had a child. Um, She just turned 14, so we are 18 years apart. Your mom is uh, uh, riding riding it right to the end, huh? I didn't mean... Uh, I meant meant life. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Well, she had me um, at 15, so that was a month before she turned 16. Um, And my dad was 17 at the time, so... They were babies. So your mom's about 47 right now. Mm, she was born, she was born in 74. So she's 48. 48. Okay. I think. Is that, a, yeah. um, is that something you get accustomed to after a while and you don't notice it, that, that you're so close in age? Yes. People think that, um, you know, my parents were like, my mom would be my sister and somebody may think that like my dad's my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, because my parents were so young and then with me and my brother, um, being 18 and 15, when our younger sister was born, people always, always thought that she was our child because I'm closer in age to my mom. So we're 15, almost 16 years apart. And my sister and I are 18 years apart. Okay. So like when your youngest sister was born, people would look at you and think, Oh, Brittany had a baby. Yes. If I would, I would have had her, we were 18 years apart. Yeah. So when like I was involved a lot in her life and she was like first born um, and the following years after I moved away and, you know, so we would be out doing things and people would think she was mine. How, I'd be like, no, she's my sister. How would you um, describe your relationship with her? Is it more parental or more sibling? Um, it's, it's kind of both. We, she, there was definitely like when she was, I would say, definitely under five, like in that toddler stage, she would almost like try to, you know, almost like fight with me with a sister, like with her stuff or, you know, take my food and phone and just stuff that the kids do. Right. So she, it was, it was interesting, but, um, we're, we're like best friends. I'm really close with all of my siblings. Yeah. So So when you see now, when you guys are together or you hear a story and it's a little like, I don't know, racy for the kid, you think, do you think like a sister or do you think like a mom when you hear it? 
Mm, I both, both, both. It just it just depends on what it is. Um, but you know, happens to um, me too, and that's why I was wondering. Like, I can't. I don't firmly have a parental or a sibling relationship with my brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, and it's not because of our ages as much as it is of you know the situation where I I just sort of raised them in a yeah. in, in a certain time of their life. Um, but it's it's uh it's super hard. It was difficult for me to you don't you never know really where to draw the line when something happens. Like you know what I mean? Like something cool happens to them that your parents wouldn't like, but your brother would love, and you're like, I don't know what to say. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So you've had diabetes since you were eight. Does anyone else in the family have it? No. Nobody mm-hmm. else. Does anybody else have any autoimmune stuff? Vitiligo, celiac, Hashimoto's, anything like that? Um, we do have some uh, arthritis and thyroid. There's nothing else that I can really think of, mm-hmm. um, or I or I know off off offhand. Um, but I know, like I've I've listened to every one of your podcasts, um, so it does run. Like I know you've talked about it running in a lot of the female members or the family, or at least in yours. Right. Maybe that's how it is. Um, so it's kind of that way in mine as well, like my mom and grandmothers and things like that. And aunts is the, is the arthritis, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, like yes. is it autoimmune mm-hmm. arthritis who has it the worst. You don't have to tell me who the, um, does someone pop into your mind when you think of that. Both of like, uh, I know on one, one grandmother does. And I'm pretty sure the other one does. I just, the the one that comes to mind, she kind of talks about it more, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Is it limiting for them? Uh, no, she still works. She's, uh, I don't know how she, she was 39 when I was born. So how she was born in 51. I know people's years sometimes. And yeah. I, I forget how old they actually are. It's such uh, a... But she, she still works. Okay. It's just such a, I'm going to curse. It's such a mind. You talk about people's ages. <laughs> it's like my grandmother, yeah. she was 39 when this happened. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just remember she was, uh, how old she was whenever I was born and um, what year they're born. So that I, I go on my calculator and do it if I forget mm. their actual age at the moment. It's interesting. Okay. So do you have just type one or do you have anything else? Oh, yes. I have a lot of stuff. Um, I've had, uh, well, I have currently, I guess you could say, um, fibromyalgia. Um, I have dysautonomia. I have uh, some gastroparesis, but it's really mild. Um, It's really triggered by certain foods, which are honestly foods you shouldn't eat anyway, like certain like fast foods or like fried foods or different mm-hmm. things like that um and what else do i have is there something else i have a little bit of neuropathy as well but that um thankfully to you um you know since my a1c is now in the fives um i don't really have a lot of the symptoms of the neuropathy um like i did when it first started um, for a while, I would even have like just like the pain um, in the feet whenever like my blood sugar would be high. Mm-hmm. But now, if it does shoot up, I haven't felt it 
probably since my A1C has been quote unquote normal. Wow. Brittany, you caught me. Like we're you're the only recording I'm doing around Christmas. And mm-hmm. um, my family's here and my kids are getting ready to leave and you just made me cry. I don't know why you just said like thanks to you and then you started talking about not having nerve pain and I got really emotional. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, yes. Like I uh, I know you asked people if they would name their children after you and I uh, do not have any living children. Oh. Um, but I uh, all of my baby names I have on my list for in the next few years are like hippie names. Okay. So I don't know how yours would fit in, but like not well. I've literally thought about uh, how like you've changed so much. Like I was like, I would love to like one day if I had the money, like buy this man a vacation, like for his family to go on because like the, like I talk about your podcast all the time. I tell people if I ever like find out that, you know, they have it, I tell them, um, or even anybody who uses insulin. So even if they're type two and I'm like, you use insulin and I try to tell, um, I have a friend, um, whose fiance recently, who's type two, who recently asked me about things and I told him things, you know, like hydration and, and other things that I could think of, but, you know, that would help them without using insulin. But yeah, quite amazing. Oh, that's really kind of you. Um, and I, you just gave me a great idea. I think we should send me to Bora Bora. I think everyone should get together. <laughs> I, I And I know nothing about the place. I just think of those, um, those huts up on stilts that are in the water. I yeah. Just, I mm-hmm. just, that would be amazing. Um, that's uh what i want to do for like uh, a honeymoon that's oh, where i want to go like one of those places where it's just like i call it a hut in the middle of the ocean yeah well i and mean i don't have a good name you know what i mean like i don't have a good name like adele or something so i don't expect anybody to actually call their child scott even a boat or a motorcycle would be nice you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> well i have I have, pets are my thing so i may maybe a dog one day oh i would take that gleefully uh but i'm just happy that you're well how um long have you been listening to the show? I discovered your podcast and I started listening because when I learned about it, I probably started within like a week or two actually listening, but it was at the end of August in 2020. Oh, wow. And I had listened to all the podcasts by Thanksgiving that you had out at that time. Um, So I started at the beginning at number one and I listened to about 50. And by that time, I I guess I was part of the Facebook group and I heard about the pro tips. Mm-hmm. So then I uh, went and listened to the pro tips and then I started back going through all the others um, from, like I said, it was about 50 where I started those pro oh. tips. Oh, that's amazing. I'm so happy. I just saw um, a note the other day. Like there are people's names that I know. I don't even know why to, how to tell you why. Like it's probably just like spellings that hit my brain differently. You know what I mean? Like then some mm-hmm. people's names stick out. Yours is spelled like a little differently. And so mm-hmm. your name sticks out to me. Um, no. and, and, and it's, and, but there was this, um, there was this post le- the other day. I'm going to find it for you. Um, if my, internet- was it maybe the one about, was it the Spotify? Right. I had said, I wish, I wish I listened to it on Spotify. Oh, that one's where I the last time I saw your name. But I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something from a diff, from a different person. I know I okay. But so this post goes up around Christmas, and and this happens around the holidays. Like people are are very kind, and they take a little extra time to say thank you about the show or something like that. Um, but this gentleman discusses that his daughter was diagnosed, 
And he finds the podcast like that evening, like just out walking and how he, you know, he talks about devouring the content and how it brought him up to speed and, and, um, and where they are now. And, you know, as I'm reading it, I'm like, I'm floored a little bit. Like I really am like, even as you're talking about the show in my mind, I think, Oh God, I wonder if it sounds like one of those, like, I don't even know how to put it, but like one of those very like um, saccharine, like produced shows where someone comes on to say, oh, I love this. Or, you know what I mean? Like, because it's it's still strange to me to hear somebody's story like yours. Like, I believe in the podcast and I believe in the content and and I generally think that people will have experiences like yours. Um, But still, when it happens and someone tells me about it, it, it doesn't feel like they're talking about me. And and mm-hmm. I and I had this experience reading this person's story, Matt's story on the Facebook group the other day, right before the holiday, and and I just I read it, and I was like, oh, it's this this isn't about my podcast. Like it just never feels real enough. Um, I don't know if it will one day or not, but right now I don't think it's imposter syndrome. I, I'm I'm pretty aware that what you said is true. It's just it's hard. <laughs> it's just hard to take. It, you know what I mean? It's a weird I, weird thing to yeah. Observe. I actually know exactly what you mean. Uh, I own my own business and all on Google, we have all five-star reviews mm-hmm. and I, I sometimes I'm like, you know, but I put my, you know, like you do, I put my heart and soul into my business. I'm very passionate about it. So we just kind of get out what we're putting in. Yeah. Well, I it just, it's, I don't know. It's, it's hard to completely for me. It's just hard for me to completely, I don't want to say accept. I do accept it. Maybe I can't absorb it completely. I don't know. Like this will sound like a humble brag, but it happens so frequently that it can get overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And you know, so you start reading someone's note, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" And then it's a half an hour later, and I'm tagged in something else, and it's a very similar note from a different person, and you you really want to read them all and give them their weight because this person's having an amazing you know, transformation and experience for themselves. And, and I, and I definitely want to be there to say, you know, congratulations. Um, but I don't know. It's hard to put into words. I, I, I guess I've only been at this nine years now. I guess I'll figure out how to say it eventually, but for the moment it just feels really good. And, uh, and I don't know what to do about it, but so, so, okay. So fibromyalgia, let's pick through these for a minute. Uh, but disauto, is it disauto? Num- how do you say it? Dysautonomia. Dysautonomia. How does that affect your life? When you have diabetes and use insulin, low blood sugar can happen when you don't expect it. Gvoke Hypopen is a ready-to-use glucagon option that can treat very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages 2 and above. Find out more. Go to gvoglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Gvoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is a premixed auto injector of glucagon for treatment of very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages two and above. Find out more. Go to gvoglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit gvoglucagon.com slash risk. Well, 
it currently doesn't because of the reason that I'm on for the podcast, uh, my marijuana usage. Mm -hmm. But when I first started having symptoms, um, my resting heart rate was like 130. So it was hard for me to like even to stand outside in the sun. Um, I live in the South, so there's a lot of humidity and just being outside for like five minutes would, it would just, I would be exhausted already and, you know, miserable. Mm -hmm. Um, And my heart racing even more or doing anything like physical was like really exhausting for the same reason. So um, I saw a cardiologist, they did a lot of tests um, and that is what they kind of told me was my diagnosis. And I was taking, uh, you take a beta blocker to treat it. So I was taking that. um, And then once I started um, using marijuana, like all the time, I guess you could say, or daily or however you want to put it often, uh, I noticed that I, I guess maybe I didn't like have my medicine or I don't, maybe I, I was during my transition to moving to Florida. So I may have not have went like got a new doctor or hadn't went and didn't have the medicine. It was like, well, I don't need it. And my resting heart rate was normal, what it should be. So um, I didn't, I didn't take it anymore. Okay. Um, but before I was using marijuana, it wasn't just that I was probably on so many pills cause I got it for the fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was on, you know, different pain medications and uh, things like that. Wow. Um, and so the, what's the order of the diagnosis is type one first. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. And then how does fibromyalgia come into your life and, and how do you know you have it? How do they diagnose it? Um, I was having a lot of pain and they really ruled out a lot of other things. Um, fibromyalgia, I don't know if it does now, but then it definitely didn't have a test. Mm-hmm. So I was tw- about 23 when I got that diagnosis and that one in the dysautonomia and really the gastroparesis, like I had a, it kind of, those all came together, I guess you could say almost um, within a year. Uh, did I get those diagnoses? Okay. Wow. So it all just sort of piled on you at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually they didn't um, diagnose me with the, neuropathy technically um until I brought it to their attention I was losing like a bunch of weight and the reason why was because I was getting full really fast Mm -hmm. and they did all kinds of tests and um I you know been pretty much regular my whole life so I was having different GI issues Brittany um I went I'm so sorry I'm gonna do something crazy give me a second I just have to take a phone call hello okay no problem it is. Brittany, I'm so sorry. Um, no, you're okay. Yeah, just to give this a tiny bit of context before we get back to what you were saying. My son uh, is now about eight months out of being out of college and been applying for these, you know, a ton of different jobs. And what he wanted to do was one of the, it's one of these situations where the entry level of what he wanted to do is still not entry level. If, if that makes sense, like would they, they hire people for entry level and these people already have years of experience in like other businesses and things like that. So he's, mm-hmm. he'd been, I, I don't need to be coy about this. He was trying to get a data analysis job with a major league baseball team. 
and he mm. was trying to get these um like literally like they'd call them internships sometimes but he was underqualified for them because they were hiring people who had been out in the workplace already for so long and so yeah, he kind of yeah he spread his spread himself out a little bit and found this other job that he was interested in and um applied and they said uh, he got he got the job uh, which was really terrific and um but it he needs to relocate and very quickly so they were basically like last monday you got the job there'll be about a week of you filling things out and he literally is just right now out proving who he is um i didn't know that businesses did this but he had to get something they called an i9 verification so he had to go to this location here in new jersey and use like his passport to prove who he was and um and then he has to start working in uh, 14 days in in, in Georgia. Mm. And so we have to relocate him, find him a place to live. And it's not as easy just to find an apartment in the area that he's at. So we found one. They have one left that he could afford, you know. And um, and I just thought, God, if I don't answer this phone and they give this away, I'll, he'll kill me. So... <laughs> So, uh, I appreciate you letting me stop for a second. Oh, uh, yeah. And I apologize. Um, okay. You were in the middle of explaining to me um, about fibro. And am I right about that? Did I, cut? Uh, I think it was, I was explaining to you about the neuropathy. How I the got, neuro we got my to the neuropathy. Okay. Yeah. So um, I started having um, the GI issues and they did a bunch of tests and everything was Coming back okay, and I think that's actually when they diagnosed me with the gastroparesis, which um, I did one of those scans, whatever they do for the diagnosis. I did one of those when I was a, a, a younger kid, like a, I want to say a year or two after my diagnosis. I'm not sure why they did it, um, except for just to, to see where I was. A, a gastric, um, like a gastric emptying study? Yeah. Okay. So when they did it, they gave me my diagnosis this time. They didn't do one of those. Um, so I do want to see how far along it is, especially since, you know, I don't have a lot of symptoms except ones that are triggered by food. And I do have some of like the slowed digestion. Like I can see that like in my insulin needs and like where my fat and protein rises happen. Right. Did you hear Arden's episode about the supplements she's taking for her digestion? Yes. And I've been so busy. My work is really busy at this time of year. So, um, and then with my move and everything yeah. else, I haven't gotten around to going to get any to try them, but I do, I want to try that. And, um, I did look up, I guess the other one that she's on for the, female issues the one that starts like with an o yes i will talk about that um i i you know i want to have babies like within the next two years so it's like is that something that's just making everything better and why not yeah. um so yeah. yeah oh good yeah i mean but even if you're busy right now like i don't want to i'm not pimping a brand here um mm -hmm. but i'm gonna look here and find it for you you can just go on Amazon or go to a health food store or anywhere, I would imagine, to find this. Um, this digestive enzyme is made by Pure Encapsulations. And so it's pure. It says, like, it's a mm -hmm. white bottle with, like, a blue little label. It says Pure Encapsulations Digestive Enzymes Ultra. It's not cheap, 
um, like I'm sure in a health food store, you could probably find a, like a knockoff kind that's a little cheaper. Um, but if you're looking to just give it a try, it'll be at your house like tomorrow if you had Amazon Prime. So, um, and she just takes them with her food. And yeah. it just speeds up the, it just helps the digestion. And, you know, you're on your way. Do you have, I, I'm so sorry to ask you, does everything come out the way you expect or do you get, do you not have that? I, like regularly, like I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I have no issues. Um, I am currently on um, Ozempic for like off, usually off label for weight loss, which it's been working. So that does cause constipation um, in itself. Um, which I just try to drink more water yeah, and different things like that. But um, with the gastroparesis, it's uh, it's like diarrhea and things like that, that I have like in the dumping. Yeah. Um, and for like the food, like if there's any weird food items. Yeah. So some foods you just, you can't process well at all. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I Arden went to a magnesium oxide to help her go to the bathroom more regularly and I have to admit, I started taking it. I was like, huh. So as I was taking fiber as a supplement, and now I don't have to take fiber anymore. Mm. And so the magnesium oxide uh, did the trick for me. Um, and I've also been popping the digestive enzymes just because, like, my stomach would get upset with certain foods. Or there were things that I would say, like, I can't eat that. You, you know what I mean? And when I and I look back at it now, it was probably fattier foods. Um or fried stuff that I would have trouble with. Um, sometimes protein, like uh, sometimes chicken. I can't digest chicken very well. Um, interesting stuff. But I mean, these things are like incredible. I mean, they're affordable in the grand scheme of things. You know what I mean? Like if a, you know, if a hundred dollars every two months is going to keep you going to the bathroom, well, you find a way to make a hundred dollars and get that stuff. <laughs> and uh, it's yeah. not it's it's not like crazy. I also don't know that if you couldn't prove it to a doctor if they couldn't write you a prescription for it, you know what I mean? I'm not sure how people's, how, how people's plans work all the time because that's, yeah, that's what it sounds like you're saying, right? Is that like certain kind of junky foods you can't get through. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I eat, um, like the way I've eaten the last few years is a lot, you know, better and healthier than what, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure my parents fed me and I ate in my early twenties. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really eat a lot of bad stuff and I travel for work. I know you said if I ordered to buy Amazon, I'd get it tomorrow, but I will hopefully be home by Thursday night or Friday morning. Oh, I'll okay. leave after this to go to Ohio, just then go to Virginia. So, Oh, good for you. You get back to where you mean to be then. Well, I, uh, I travel for work. Oh, Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so mm-hmm. you've been moving around. What do you do? Um, I own my own business doing animal transportation. Oh, oh, no kidding. So what kind of animals do you move around? Um, it's mainly dogs, uh, cats, but I have transported rabbits and mini pigs and I have another mini pig scheduled um, at the end of January. So people will literally pay you to like trailer, I'm assuming, or, or, or transport somehow, um, an animal like a great distance, like if they're moving or something and they can't do it. Yep. So I have, um, I work with rescues, especially rescues in my area um, where dogs are either being pulled from like a shelter and going to a rescue that would then go to a foster home and be adopted or they're being adopted by somebody. Um, Also people that get new puppies and kittens. 
So sometimes they may find a breeder or find somebody that's rehoming their dog from somewhere that they don't want to drive. Um, and also um, people that go on vacation and move. So I have a lot of people that they like to fly when they move and they just, you know, hire movers to take their stuff and yeah. then hire people like me to take their pets. Um, I work with a lot of high end clientele that are like snowbirds. So I get a lot of requests to drive their luxury vehicles with their pet in it. Ooh. So I recently flew to New York, um, got in a car with a dog, drove back. I have a few repeat clients that do that. I drive their Land Rovers or BMWs with their, their dogs in it while they go on their vacations or <laughs> their snowbirds. That sounds so, pretty um, great, actually. I, yeah, I have, a, I have a, an SUV, a Honda Pilot, so I do it in my personal vehicle otherwise. Um, and my dogs go with me if there's room. So I have a trip coming up where I'm going to be going up the East coast where I really won't have room for my dogs. So I'm going to leave them home. Well, that's an um, interesting, that's an interesting way to see the country too. It's kind of great. It is. Yeah, yeah. I have, I've saw a lot and I go from California to Maine. So all the, like the snowstorms that happened on the East coast earlier this year, I drove through all of those. Oh. Um, in the snow and I had never really driven through snow before, but I'm a really good driver. So I adapted well. Wow. That's really interesting. Well, then how do you mix in this other thing? So you, you said that you've been managing uh, your, one of your issues at least with, with weed, right? So you're, how do you characterize the frequency in which you smoke? Um, recently it's kind of went down, honestly, a little bit. And part of that is just because of cost and access. Mm -hmm. So when I first started, um, like when the election, I live in Florida. So when the election happened in 2016 and they allowed medical marijuana, um, I was at the time dating a guy that was a nurse. And he knew a lot of uh, friends. He was from the area that we lived in in Florida was where he grew up. And so he knew a lot of uh, high-end people that would buy marijuana from this person. So it was a friend of his and he got some for me to try just to see if it would help with the pain. Because at this point with the fibromyalgia, I had started on um, what is tramadol. But at the time, tramadol is now a controlled substance where before when I started taking it, it wasn't, um, I was on the max dose of that. And it turns out that I was actually addicted to it and didn't realize it. Um, I had, I was taking so many pills at the time. I had a pill container with like morning and night and seven days a week. And there was a day where I knew I took my medicine that morning. Like it was, I was so sure that I didn't even look in the things to double check, but I was having pain and I was having uh, like sweat and like chills and I just felt nauseous. And that evening when I went to go take my medicine, I realized that I had not taken it that morning. Like I knew that I, I had, and I was like, I've been in withdrawals all day. And so I tapered myself off of that. Um, and then after that I was on gabapentin and that was the only thing that worked. I had tried other things like Lyrica and gabapentin made me gain a lot of weight and it made me very fatigued. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was just, it wasn't, it wasn't great. Yeah. Um, so when I tried it, whenever he wouldn't got it, um, it worked and I was speaking with my rheumatologist. He really didn't know anything about 
you know, how to apply for it. Um, and I did some research and I found a doctor and, you know, the election was in November. So by August of the next year, 2017, I had done my application uh, for my medical card in Florida and saw the doctor. And since it was so new and there were so many people applying, it took them six months to approve me. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't get approved until February where now you may have a month turnaround if even that it may even only take a few weeks. Wow. So um, that's how I started. But during that time I was, I was buying it illegally. Um, you know, that person, that source kind of fell through. Um, but I had a friend that I had met in Florida um, where his family member basically um, dealt with that. So um, I would always go to them and they, they actually didn't even get it directly. They got it from somebody else and they were like, well, why don't I just, you know, connect you with this person? I'm like, no, no, no that's okay. I'm female. I don't want to go to bad neighborhoods by myself. I'll, I'll go with you or you can go for me. So um, I just, you know, supplied her some for some business for, a good year or so. And every day on payday, I went and bought what I needed and I made part of it um, into edibles. And then the rest was basically smoked. Okay. Is, is, so let's ask, let me ask you first, how would you describe the pain that you were medicating yourself for? Is it all over body pain? Was it joints, muscles? Like what were you yeah. trying to escape? Mm -hmm. It was, it was a lot of, um, both, it was really both joint and muscle pain, but like the fatigue was another big thing that comes with fibromyalgia. That's, uh, I, I don't even know that may be worse than the pain sometimes. I feel like, so like anytime I try to do anything, um, it's like, I really have to like prepare myself mentally and just physically to do it. Um, living in Florida, I love Disney World. I have an annual pass. And like, if I go to Disney for the day, I'm like dead the next day. Mm -hmm. And these transports that I do, I, I'm easily like down for a day whenever I get back from them. Um, they like, they really wear me out. Yeah. Um, okay. So you were, and they gave you some fairly heavy medication, which obviously you got away from. Was that medication though, helping with the pain, the tramadol, for example? It was in the beginning, um, but it it gets to a point where you're kind of on the max dose and your your body's like needing more. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it would work, but it's like it's, you know, it becomes an addiction that if I didn't have it, I was, you know, like I explained, I was yeah, miserable. Yeah, withdrawals, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So then weed um, smoked or eaten both helps you the same way? Yes, and I was, I recently discovered... Um, this has many benefits with the diabetes as well. Um, and many of the symptoms, you know, the gastroparesis, um, things like edibles can help. So if I do know that I'll be eating something, um, I'll take an edible. And when I say edible, it doesn't have to be a food. It could be a capsule. It could be a, a concentrate that comes in like a syringe that you heat up and you just kind of like a, like a honey or wax like substance mm -hmm. that you would eat. Um, so it doesn't, when I say edible, it doesn't necessarily mean have to be like a candy or a food. It's just something that's taken orally. Okay. Either And either way is valuable for you. Yeah. yeah. So um, like I was saying, if I know that I'm going to be, you know, eating something that may bother me, I will take something before if I think of it. 
um, and it'll help. Um, but I recently discovered what I do. I do a lot of cooking with it um, as well, um, more so recently than I did in the beginning. Because in the beginning, when I was saying I would, I would go get you know the amount that I would get every payday, and I would use a quarter of it. I would normally just like make a pound of brownies or something like that. Um, and that's what I would eat on for, you know, when I needed it to, uh, for that time period until I knew I was getting more, mm-hmm. but I've recently started like making butter and olive oil and coconut oil, um, and avocado oil. And when I've made the butter before and I've used that in this year, but, um, my boyfriend's birthday was back in October and he is a big user like me. So what I did for his birthday was for every meal, we ha- it was infused. Mm-hmm. So for breakfast, we had pancakes that had, or no, I apologize. We had French toast and we had infused uh, omelets. I had used like the, the butter and the oil that was in the pan was infused. And I had... What else did I have? I think, I don't remember what else was infused for breakfast. Infusing, like doing what you were doing, does it leave you, is it medicinal at that level? Is it, does it become recreational? Does there, is there a point where you can't function or is this a functioning part of your day? It depends on the person. So the people I was with that day were all heavy users. Um, So it was my boyfriend, my brother, and uh, one of his best friends, which is one of my current sources that I get stuff from. Um, so we, I, I actually did it perfectly. Um, it's one of the things that I'm interested in doing is like doing like, um, I'm a really big cook. I'm a really big foodie. So mm-hmm. um, I've thought about like doing catering, like meals or infused meals and different things like that for people as they need them or dinner parties. Yeah. Um, because knowing what I knew about us, um, the thing is, is when you, when you make these butter edibles or whatever it is, there's no way to, when it's homemade like that, there's no way to measure the THC percentage. Mm-hmm. So if I was to go to a dispensary, it would say it has this much THC, but I have no way of measuring it. So what I had done is knowing how much of I would use to make something and what I would, you know, dose myself with. That's kind of how I went about with this was how much flour. And when I say flower, that is the bud of mm-hmm. the plant. Um, how much I was putting in to actually make the products. Okay. Wow. Well, you're so you're learning about it as you go as well. Yes. Yeah. Can, mm-hmm. can you use it while you're transporting the animals with, like, success? Um, I really don't. Sometimes, like, at night, I may, if I have pain, but I use, I have a lot of, with the driving, it has a lot of fiddle, physical pain. Mm-hmm. So I use a cream. Um, and with the cream, you don't get like, you don't get high. It just, it treats the, like a, it's a topical. Yeah. And that you find that valuable. Like, cause you know, it's funny, a company just reached out to me. I said no, but they wanted me to, I guess they wanted me to, you know, take on this uh, topical CBD as a, as an, as an advertiser. And I just didn't know enough about it. So I kind of went into the group and I asked people, like, does this work? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is this something I want to, like, would anybody care about this or not? And yep. um, and it was funny how the the answers came back. People were like, I use it and I love it. And people were like, I use it and I don't think it does anything. And I was like, oh. No. <laughs> I was like, somebody please. Uh, there, was no, there was no, like, middle ground to be found. 
But if it's helping you, then yeah. that's amazing. So you couldn't do an edible and drive or like, what's the level for somebody who's never tried weed at all? Is it, does it like for you, what's your level of functionality when you're using it for pain and it's working for the pain? So I can do everything. Um, Scott, it just wouldn't be professional to do that mm -hmm. technically. Um, so, you know, with me, I, I can, I can really do anything. Um, with it you do get to a certain point um especially um i've had this experience with edibles if you take too much it can make you sick so that's what i have to watch out for i wouldn't get necessarily too high to where i couldn't do anything i would just feel miserable okay um edibles are intensified by fat protein and alcohol mm -hmm. so if i know i'm going to be eating a meal that has a lot of fat protein or if i'm going to be drinking alcohol i will take less of it um, just because it, you can, uh, you just, you just get sick. You, okay. How much do you think it costs you a month to help yourself with the pain? Um, I don't spend as much now, but back when I first started, I can tell you, um, when I was buying every paid day, I was spending, uh, almost $600 a month. Wow. Jeez. Now I... You know, I may spend a, a few hundred. I mean, it's hard to tell because now that me and my uh, boyfriend are living together and we're buying together, it's not the same. And I had, um, when I was buying from dispensaries, I was getting, they have a lot of deals and you get, they have a point system. So I would stock up on stuff at different times. So I've used that um, kind of the last year since things in my income has changed. Like a punch card? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a digital punch card, essentially, but after <laughs> so many points, you get a, you know, a reward or 10% off. And then they still had, they had their own deals that they would have daily, you know, mm -hmm. buy two, they get one free and different things like that. Well, if anybody thinks retail is not hard, weed dispensaries have had punch cards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not easy making a small business work. <laughs> yeah. But one of the things that I was going to mention about the diabetes, the day that I did that, um, that edibles, I made that for my boyfriend and we had a meal for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Um, I needed 50% less insulin. That's what's going to be my next question is, is does it lower your stress and change your insulin needs plus pain, um, adrenaline from pain, um, all that stuff that comes with pain as well. So tell me, tell me what you need in a day with it and without it. Well, and that day where I had done, you know, I had eaten all day, like I said, I needed 50% less and then also 50% less the next day. But one of the things that I learned to make from that meal was I made a homemade Caesar dressing and I used, I made it with the olive oil that was infused. And so every once in a while I'll make that and we'll have like a Caesar salad at dinner and I'll put it on. And I don't feel anything from it because I have such a high tolerance. And it takes so much for me, but I would need probably 50% less insulin for the next like six hours, hmm. maybe 12 at the most. Um, and I maybe wouldn't have to bolus as much like for that meal if there was other items, you know, if I was eating like fat and protein, like that would help out that spike later. Yeah, two questions. But that was, that was only recently in the last few months that I discovered that if I was to take like an edible randomly 
like this day just for pain or whatever. I don't notice that. It's only noticed it with the cooking of the oil and the butter and the food that I eat, the fresh food that I eat. Okay. Okay. So smoking, it doesn't change your insulin needs. Uh, Not that I've noticed, but I will say when I first started seeing the benefits of it, I would say after six months or a year, just in my life in general, after I started using it, I went to my doctor and that was back when I wasn't taking care of myself the way I should have. Like I wasn't checking my blood sugar. I wasn't giving insulin like I should. And my A1C had dropped two points um, because I I knew when I started using it Um, and it had went from like a 10 to an eight. Mm hmm over that that next that time frame wow um how do you like when you say you infuse the oil or the butter can you tell Mm -hmm. me can you tell me how you do that uh yeah so what i do is i use a crock pot um the method that i used i did some research on places that have labs where they can test the thc percentage and i used a method that yields the highest thc so you have to take the the flour, the bud, and you grind it up and you decarb it in the oven. Mm-hmm. Um, so you cook it at 200 degrees for like 30 minutes. You take it out. You spray it with Everclear, which is this very disgusting liquor that's very bad quality, I guess you could say. Okay. Um, you let it sit for 15 minutes, and then I put it in a crock pot for probably like at least six hours, but you could really like, sometimes I'll just leave it overnight. So it could end up being there for 12 Um, and you let it cool down and then you strain it with like a cheesecloth. And then what's left go. That's it. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And you can save like the bud, the, what you strain out, you could use um, recently when I made some coconut oil and the, the bud smelled, it smelled delicious. It smelled like coconuts. And I had used that like as a topper on um, like a frozen pina colada that I made. Mm. So I put like some whipped cream or something and then I sprinkled some of that on top. It was, it was delicious. Do you, do you, um, do you feel from other people any judgment about it at all? Oh yes. My mom is my worst critic. She does, and it's horrible because she's a nurse, but she thinks that like people can't do anything. And I'm like, well, that is what helps me get out of bed. And that is what helps me be productive, especially because of my fibromyalgia and the fatigue that I have Um, with marijuana. There's different strains and the sativa strain gives the upper and gives you energy. The indica is more of a downer. And then there's a hybrid which is a mix between both, but it could lean either sativa or indica dominant. So I completely stay away from indicas. Um, I would only buy that if I had, you know, if I went somewhere and I was like, I have $20 and they're like, well, the only thing that's $20 is indica. I may, that may be the only time that I would buy that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I buy all sativas um, and the strain specifically, uh, there's a part there's different parts of THC. So the THCV, um, I look for stuff that has that in it um, because that actually helps with insulin resistance and it helps the appetite suppressant. So it helps with weight loss and um, different things like that. Hmm. Wow. Is there, uh, how long, I guess my question is, how long did it take you before you ca- you felt comfortable that what you were doing wasn't just like random, like, 
per, when you were being more purposeful about it, I guess, for your pain, for an example. And and do you do you um, also use it like recreationally? Um, I mean, yeah. It part of me feels like everyone's doing it for medical reasons. You know that everybody's got anxiety or, you know, life just causes stress, anything like that. So part of me feels that way. There are many people that I know that don't like it, and I I wish they would try it and chill out. Um, but, I mean, I don't do it as much. I will say I don't do it as much recreationally now mm-hmm. um, just because of cost mainly um i don't like i'll i space it out like if i know you know i only have this much until end of the week or next time you get paid or something like that then you make it work in that time frame Brittany, you're gone aren't you hello 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 she is gone gone back are you back yes my so. blood sugar alert my dexcom went off so <laughs> it uh it oh. i guess it paused you or something oh, oh the dexcom alarm paused the um the audio yeah oh, wait a, okay dexcom whatever uh, Brittany, <laughs> can i just say something it, real quick yeah dexcom.com forward slash juice box that's all just head over there now and and get started uh sorry about that so yeah so um so you recreationally you not as much for cost you spread it out so that it lasts you for your needs mm-hmm. yeah and then you mentioned tolerance before so your weed tolerance has gone up just like your narcotic tolerance went up but mm-hmm. as your weed tolerance goes up you're not withdrawing and having terrible symptoms right it's just i mean can you t- can you talk about the difference between those two if there is uh yeah it's there's there's definitely not you know i'm not obviously i'm not having any symptoms um if i you know let's just say i left today and i went on a trip and i didn't bring my cream with me like i'm going to be pretty sore whenever i get home and i'm going to feel it that way and you know since i may not be smoking as much uppers and things like that i may be more fatigued so i'm going to have more of just my regular symptoms but if I'm if it's just like a regular day where I'm at home and like I'm relaxing and I may be doing, you know, light household chores or whatever, I could probably go really a good day or two in between um, without really having too much pain okay. uh, or too much symptoms. Um, there may be things with fibromyalgia, sometimes there's things that'll come and they'll be there for just you know, I'll have a spot that may hurt for like five minutes and then it kind of goes away. It's not in that spot anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just, it's, it's not as definitely not as bad um, as what I was feeling before. And even with me, you know, not using as much as I used to um, it's the pain just isn't as bad and yeah. it still is working. It's wonderful. Spreading it, spreading it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's really terrific. Um, so when you talked about the cream, is that something you buy at like a local dispensary or is it a retail thing? Um, I make it and a dispensary. So the, any of the like retail stores 
that have like CBD. And that was one thing I was going to mention about CBD. Anytime you're buying like a CBD product, whether it be from like a, a gas station or a drugstore or wherever, like you would want to make sure that the CBD product is a full spectrum mm -hmm. CBD product. Um, so that way you're getting all the full benefits of the flower. Um, but a lot of times for pain, what they've discovered is you really do need a little bit of THC with the CBD. Mm -hmm. So the one that I used to get from the dispensary, it was 50-50. So it was half and half CBD and uh, THC. Um, and when you talk about pain relief from it, it's is it cumulative? Does it build up like you used it every day for a week and it felt better? Or you put it on in 20 minutes later, you're like, huh, this is great. It's helping. Like, how does, how's the impact for you? Yep. You could use it uh, that day. So like I said, I, I have an annual pass at Disney world and I will put it on my feet. The, um, it helps with like inflammation. Mm -hmm. So I'll put it on my feet before a day that I know I'll be walking a lot. Um, and also I'll put it on my feet if I'm going to like wear heels or shoes that may be more uncomfortable because it's going to help with that. So if I wanted to go get this cream for myself at a dispensary, I live in New Jersey, weed's legal here. Do I have to have a, I don't need anything, right? I can just walk in as a regular citizen and buy it. If you have, if it's recreational there, um, you can buy it. If it's medical, then you would have to go through like your state's process of applying for a card and seeing a doctor. Oh, I wonder which it is. Um, you can Google it. There's a map because whenever I go through like, transports um in different states i'll look it up because i've stopped um mm -hmm. let me see uh where to buy recreational marijuana in new jersey six dispensaries in south jersey and 17 station water the first okay so it is recreational here okay yeah, probably i know that like i know like um different stuff in that area would be like new york and i know like down to dc Mm -hmm. and things like that but yeah hey, the, the map that i'm seeing some of these places are very um cr oddly creative but dad jokey with the names of their businesses mo Ooh. weed which i think is amazing and then hollyweed again <laughs> it's silly and stupid but thoughtful at the same time um, mm -hmm. I guess that would be most of the fun of opening up a dispensary is coming up with the fun title or uh, for the, the fun name for the place. Um, Maybe that's what I can do when I get to a point where I'm growing my own weed. I could name a strain after you. Oh, hey, now you're on to something. That's way better mm -hmm. than a baby, don't you think? I mean, yeah. Somebody named people a baby after Arden. Yeah, people would be asking for me or asking for you mm -hmm. uh, by name. That'd be wonderful. I was going to say someone named a, a baby after Arden and she didn't know how to feel about it. She's like, that's weird. And I was like, ah, I mean, I don't think it's weird. And she's like, I do. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> so, yeah. Arden's great. Uh, I'm, she allows me to follow her on Instagram and she, she's wonderful. I love her <laughs> podcast and I agree with her, um, <laughs> at least in some political thinking on a lot of things. Isn't that funny? Uh, yeah. So you're one of the people that she refers to as your people are following me. Is that, is that you? <laughs> well, I, yeah, she, she, you know, yeah, she makes it to where you have to approve her. Yes. So she, she allowed my, oh. she, she approved me. There you go. Yeah. I know she, um, she's like, I got to make my account private. She's like, everyone's following me. And I was like, all right. <laughs> I was like, what's it for then? She's like, it's just for me and my friends. I was like, all right. Um, anyway, so, you know, for somebody like, let's just, 
we're you know we're up on an hour and and but let me let me ask you a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. I have never in my life smoked like here. Here are the ways that the internet tells me I can take the weed in. It says that I can use a bong. It says I can use a pipe, a joint, edibles, uh, vape pen. This thing called a spliff, which I think I know is uh, I think I know what that is. Then there's a blunt uh, dabbing. That's new for me. Yeah, uh, tinctures, which I guess is like oil. This one's good. I did what? a dab before this before this call. Did you? Okay, hold on. We're going to explain a little. What's a one hitter? Uh, we're going to go through the whole thing. So I think I think obviously I know what a bong is. Um, this this person saying that this is a little more advanced. I wouldn't start with a bong. She's saying. Mm. You, you don't agree. Mm. I mean. I don't really, I don't really know what the best thing to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the first thing, um, the boyfriend I was dating at the time, he did not smoke then. He couldn't cause he was a nurse, but he had smoked earlier in his days and he got me a pipe and I was like, Oh, I don't like this. I didn't like the coughing, but I didn't realize that the coughing was really going to come with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I moved to a bong next. Um, and then after for a while, I actually had like a herb vape. So it was like a vape pen where you still put the bud in it and then you just move it around, rotate it around after a little while after taking a few hits and then, you know, clean it out and put more in. So I did that for a while. Um, But then the person that I bought from, they got me using blunts and that's where you take the the cigars and you cut them open and you empty the stuff in them and roll them up that way. Um, and then joints are made out of paper. So that's what I prefer. Blunts have like tobacco in them. Those are bad for you. Um, all smoking's bad for you, but that's even worse. Mm-hmm. So the papers um, or the cones is what I use. So that okay. way it has a filter at an end. So you just basically stuff the stuff in the cones. And light it. A pipe would also be called a bowl. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, look at this. Okay. So, oh, I see. These cones are basically... They're pre-rolled papers almost that you just pack. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And blunts. I know that's a mix of like it's usually like a junky cigar that kind of you kind of split open and pack it. Is that right? Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Um. What else do we have here? Do the tinctures work at all? The THC like oils. Um, I've actually used those the least. I felt like they were. Maybe I don't remember why I never bought them at the dispensary. Um, I was recently going to make some, but they, whatever I was going to make them for, it takes like a few weeks to make them. You have to like let it sit mm-hmm. um, for a few weeks to make it. So I haven't, I haven't really made them, but I have heard good things from people that do use them regularly. And the dabbing hits you hard. Is that right? Like quick? Yeah. So, do you know, the dance, the dab. I do. Okay, so where that comes comes from is because you're coughing so hard, you're coughing in your elbow, which I'm sure a lot of parents that, you know, have oh. their kids recorded doing this thing don't realize what they're doing. Oh, I um, see. Oh, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So for a, for a dab, you have you have a bong, but you take the bowl cuz a bowl could also be um from a a bong as well. Okay. From the the piece that holds it there. So you take out that piece and there's another piece you have to buy that's like a quartz uh, banger um, where it has a little, its own little bowl, but it doesn't, doesn't have a hole in it like Mm -hmm. the other one does. 
and you heat it up with a torch and then you take a concentrate. So that could be a wax, there's shatter, there's crumble, there's all kinds of things you can get. Um, and you put that down in there normally with a nail. If it's like shatter or it's like candy, you can like drop it in. And then once you hit it, you put a carb cap in the top. Brittany, this is the weed, like this is the smoking equivalent of looping. People heard that and they're like, it sounds good, but I don't know how to get it done. <laughs> That's a lot, yeah, oh, a lot of steps. Come over to my house. I can show you. <laughs> put on a, you can put on a display. Um, all right. So tell me this then. Um, what are the downsides? Like if you step out of your life for a minute, are there any like to being involved with weed, like at the level you are, like, are there any things that you like, I, I love what it does for me, but I wish this didn't come with it. Um, well, outside of health reasons, the high cost and government being, you know, keeping it from people and things like that, that's, that sucks. But as far as for health reasons, like I mentioned, the smoking, you know, for smoking, any smoking is bad. So mm. like when you are using a bong, that is going to be water vapor um, and the dabs. That's all going to be done like water vapor um, compared to where if you're lighting it with a, you know, a cigarette. One of the things that I do to help, um, I'm very health conscious, is instead of lighting, like if I was to light a bowl or a pipe with a lighter, you use hemp rope. So you light the hemp rope. And then you like that, your bowl with that instead of the lighter directly. Okay. So that helps cut out some of the carcinogens from that. Um, mm-hmm. What about socially? Mm-hmm. Does does it bother you that your mom doesn't understand? Um, that's more so just frustrating, more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what about like? Do you think that you fit in a profile? Like, do you think if I looked at you? like right now would I go oh Brittany smokes weed well because of my hair yes but that's probably the only giveaway okay for looking at me and I don't know what that means exactly I'm just wondering if it's a culture I guess Um, I mean I do think that there's certain types of people you know that use it I think there's a lot of I will say there's a lot of people who use it who aren't as open about it as me Mm -hmm. Um, that hide it because whether it be employers, you know, they don't post about it on social media as much as I do. Right. Um, so it just, it just kind of depends. Yeah. Like, do you think that if we went into Manhattan, you and I, and we were walking down the street and there were people walking by with like briefcases and like they were in expensive suits that there's a, a, an, an, there's people in that group where I, where they would be able to have the same conversation you would have. They just are able to like or they're trying to visually hide that they're part of that culture do you think that exists oh yeah i mean yeah yeah like people you just couldn't sniff out well i guess you'd be able to sniff them out but people you couldn't see visually (laughs) visually um yeah there's i've met people that i didn't expect um you know them to be users Mm -hmm. and then they were nice and now what if i asked you um like forget all this thing, forget your pain for a second and the things that you're trying to help medicate yourself with. If I asked you to just come on and talk about weed as a fun thing, would you have spoken about it differently than you did just now? No. No? Would it sounded the same? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're not like getting up and just getting ripped and baking an entire day of your life away and not really knowing what happened or getting so high you can't function like that kind of stuff. That's not for you. No, that was back whenever I worked um, a quote unquote real job where I wasn't my own boss. Um, that's kind of how I got to work. I hated my job. That's why I quit my job and started my business. It was how I was able to get out of my door and, and drive to work and mm-hmm. deal with the people that I dealt with every day. So you were pretty blasted at your job that you didn't like. Yes. 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 <laughs> Did that slow down your performance? Do you think you weren't no, like a rocket it, technician or something? Were you? No, no, I worked in a call center for a bank. Oh, so um, it really made me. I mean, I don't deal with people anymore. I deal with pets, you know, except for five minutes at a pickup and five minutes at a drop off. So um, just dealing with the people and dealing with a company that had issues that they refused to fix. And we just had to take the the heat on the phone every yeah. day, every call type of thing. It just kind of kind of not it. fun, right? Just, just mm-hmm. kind of sucks. Yeah. So mm-hmm. then when, when I'm on the phone with somebody trying to get my account reset or something, they're not bored. They're just a little high. <laughs> I get it. that makes sense. That makes more sense. Uh, well, Be- it it made me definitely more like um, I guess talkative to those people. Like I wasn't in a in those professional settings. I wasn't like I wasn't going to ask you as much. I don't know personal stuff as maybe than another person would have. Like, mm-hmm. like I was going to be very business. You know, what do you need help with? Here's the answer. You know, kind of really straightforward. So I know that there was a certain strain that I would sometimes use for work. Um, One of the, when you buy it from a dispensary, they'll tell you the things that it helps with or the the side effects that it, uh, it made you talkative. Okay. I see. All right. Is there anything I didn't ask you about that you would want people to know before we, before we stop? Definitely be careful with edibles because they can, they can make you sick. Yeah. Um, and that's why some of the dispensaries have actually put limits on the milligrams that they can sell in one package. Um, start off with like five milligrams. I mean, even, even a friend of mine, five makes her, she, she doesn't do it hardly, hardly ever, but five makes her very, very high, especially okay. if she's been eating or drinking or anything like that with it just just blast her off into another like she's not functional then. yeah well she, I, we were about to go on a cruise once and she was walking in new orleans and she we had to like hold her hand and you know the street wasn't level and <laughs> she like where are we going it was night so you know she just wasn't all there yeah i understand is there uh ever been a time that you've been too high to take care of your diabetes mm, no no not that i can think of okay I mean, well, don't get me wrong. Before I started listening to your podcast um, or before I started preparing my body for babies, I didn't do things as I should. And so that could be a gray area, okay. but I wouldn't say it was, but it wasn't because of the, the weed. What, what would you say that you took from the podcast that was most valuable for you with your management? You said you're in the fives now, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was really a lot there just being bold with insulin. Um, I had a lot of trauma in my childhood related to diabetes. Um, and we can talk about it whenever you would like, um, whether it be in another podcast that's after dark, 
um, or if you have time today, whatever you want to do. But um, a lot of trauma that it just, you know, caused me to not do things as I should. And when um, the guy that I was previously dating, when, you know, we thought we were going to be ready to get married and have children, I'm like, okay. And um, I went and got a Dexcom. I had had one before, but um, that was before it went with your phone. And mm-hmm. I kept losing the receiver. Okay. And I kind of just kept running out of money to replace the receiver. So I said, well, I'll get it again when it connects with your phone, which was years later. And then it just took me, I didn't get it right away when they started that. So it took me a little bit longer to actually go and get it. Um, but I got the Dexcom and then that's how I found your page was um, I was on a Dexcom Facebook page and somebody posted this horrible graph and this other person said, listen to this podcast. It changes how you think about insulin. Mm-hmm. And that's when I, I saved it. Um, but, but yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Uh, well, I will have you back on sometime and we'll talk about the rest. That sounds like, okay. a, that sounds like a very good idea. Um, I have to go now, so I can't do it right now. Um, I, oh, you no are problem. the only, you are the only person I'm recording with for like a, I gave myself off for, let me see, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, twelve, one, twelve. Oh my God. I gave myself 21 days off without recording, but like, snack, wow. like, but in the middle of it, I'm recording with you because this is just when we could, we could find a time to do it. So, um, I just, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk about all this and, and put context to it. Um, it's a uh, it's it's an interesting conversation. I think it would be fair to say that anybody who's pretending that weed smoking is not, I would say, prevalent at this point within society is, um, you know, is, is fooling themselves. But I I think it's interesting to say that you don't really see it. You you know what I mean? Like you might be walking down mm-hmm. the street one day and feel like hmm, I smell something, or in a movie theater and you think, oh, somebody got high before they came in here, like that kind of thing. But you know, for all the people who were like, well, they're going to make it legal and then everything you know, it's just going to be high people piled up on top of each other outside. I, I haven't noticed any difference, honestly. The world doesn't seem any different to me. Um, I, I think it's uh, it's worth paying attention to. And I mean, if for someone like you who has these specific issues can feel that kind of relief, I don't think it, well, I don't know why it matters where it comes from, honestly, you know. I definitely agree. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm able to function and, you know, do my job better than if I wouldn't have, have had it. No, I, 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 I take your point. I really do. Okay. Uh, Brittany, thank you so much. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that. G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juice box. I also want to thank Brittany for coming on the show today and sharing her story. And of course, thank you for listening, subscribing, following, sharing, all that cool stuff you do with the podcast. Just a couple of weeks ago, we hit our 11 millionth download total for the show, which is crazy. And that's up over 10 million, which happened less than two months ago. Thank you so much for sharing the show. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.